Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Castle Council time again. And yes, it's uh, the boxing show, what I've called the boxing show now, a little side to the Castle's Council, still under the Castle Council umbrella, but it's a little bit of a side show in that I, I focus on, on, on fighting sports. Uh, I called it the boxing show because my aim is obviously to try and do as much as I can with the boxing fraternity and boxing industry because that's obviously my first love and where my passion loves. But of course, the, I'm involved in all fighting sports as commentator for SFL and ring announcer for SFL as well as I'm involved and have been involved with EFC in terms of ringside as well as, as, a, as a coach um, and official. So yeah, um, my, fight, my, my, my love of, of the fighting sports is, is across the board. And yeah, coming up in a, in, a, in a month's time is actually a, an EFC t- uh, title fight. And I'll be involved in that. We'll talk about that a little bit um, later. But for now, the first show of the boxing show for 2020 is going to be with a man called Mark Jobert. Now, Mark, um, well, we're going to find out who Mark is and what is about Mark. Um, if you don't know Mark, uh, I'll give a couple of key words, uh, Ruckus Media, the Kiki Punchy Show, and then the rest we'll get from him. So uh, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Right, as I said, in studio, Mr. Mark Jabeh. Welcome to Castle's Council Boxing Show. Where's the drum roll? I just heard it in the intro. I'm sure it was in the intro. I'll have to go back and edit now. It was there in the intro. Welcome, Mark. Steve, thanks so much for having me. Uh, It's fun to be on this side for a change. Oh, Um, yeah, that's true. I've I've been on your radio show. I've been on the TV show with you. um, And... It's nice to, to now be the guy asking the questions and then having the conversation. So welcome. Is that um, why the spotlight's on me now? Yeah, spotlight's okay. on you, big time on you. Because right. now we're going to get you to open up a whole lot of can of worms. So Mark, let's get straight to it. And what I want to know from you is, I know you have a love for the game. And in the game, I mean combat sports. What I want to know is why. What's your background in terms of fighting? Did you fight? What did you do? What's your discipline? Uh, where, all that. Like, why combat sport? I have fought everybody. I beat up Bruce Lee, oh, okay. Jackie Chan. I didn't take Chuck on. I, I, in fact, twice. Twice. Okay. Beat him twice. Didn't the learn the time. first time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as a kid, I was besotted. I was. I, I saw myself in every kung fu movie. I, every every fight movie. I, I watched them all. I mean, I think. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know, the whole sort of Kumite thing mm. that he started, Bloodsport, etc. That for me was, was stuff I watched over and over again. You know, Kung Fu movies, fight movies, was all part and parcel of, of my upbringing um, as a kid. Um, I've, I, and sport per se has always been very much... So what sports did you take part in? Like what were you involved in? <laughs> Everything except combat sports. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> Everything. I mean, I played, I played Colts football. I played Premier League hockey. Uh, I did Ironman. Um, I see you don't have taste in terms of soccer teams because you're wearing a Man United jersey. Well, the thing is, you know, wins, <laughs> wins, wins when it comes... Well, let's put it this way. Being a Man United fan right now is, is probably one of the most frustrating and exhilarating times at, ever. Exhilarating? Yes. Okay. Because... because when they win, it's like, wow. So imagine what you're feeling this year. 
I've had to feel for the last 30 years as a Liverpool supporter. <laughs> I mean, the things we've got to give, we've got to give credit to Liverpool. Yeah. All right. Um, Everything happens in waves. Yeah, and it's I've taken 30 years for this wave to come, uh, no, come crashing down. That's why, that's why it's a tsunami. It's, it's massive. We're just smashing everything. Hey, tell me and something. Tell me something. How yeah. does it feel that for the first time this year, you're going to be able to go not to the kitchen to be able to lift a, a cup? Okay. Okay. We won a cup last year. Let's eh? <laughs> just not forget. We won the, the biggest cup. Okay. But let's move back into combat sports. So you never were involved in combat sports in terms of as, as a participant? Never. In any, any kind I of never, I never fought. Uh, yeah, I fought at school, but it was never sort of... Behind the tennis courts? Yeah, behind okay. the prefabs. Uh, prefabs. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So we had prefabs at school. Um, but no, never, never sort of formalized, never sort of educated violence, if we could call it that. Yeah, and then, and then growing up, uh, once sort of reaching your adult years, did you not then dabble in it? Or no, always, it? always, always watched it, was always part and parcel of, of enjoying what was going down. So growing up boxing, Mike Tyson, um, Sugar Ray Leonard, I mean, the Marvin Hagler, the, 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 the Tommy Hearns, those fights, that division was something that absolutely kept me enthralled for years and years and years. I mean, the Roberta Durans, the, the, that whole yeah, era that whole, of, it was, of well, boxing. That was huge for boxing. Absolutely. It was probably the golden era of boxing. Um, and then, yeah, watching the local guys, the, 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 the Bryans, the Baby Jakes, etc., was mm. always really cool because we had some... Well, we had access to it. Well, not only. We had, we had homegrown heroes. Mm. Yeah, but again, it's because we had access to it. You can't, uh, you know, uh, you know. We're going to talk about it in a while, I imagine, because it's going to come up. You can have a hero if you can find him. If no one's talking about somebody, then you're never going to know who the person yeah, is, correct. regardless of how great he is. If a guy wins a comrades and no one reports about him winning the comrades, you don't celebrate. You know, it's it's only those that sort. And it's the same in the combat sports. If no one talks about somebody that just went to Abu Dhabi and came back with a gold medal, and it's not reported on or shown. That guy's—it's just him and the people that watched him, and maybe he's Jim that know about it. Well, it's like that adage. I mean, if a tree falls in a forest and no one hears it. Yeah, exactly. So what I'm saying is that we had access to the, the Baby Jakes and the Brian Mitchells because it was in our faces, it was on our TVs, it was available to us um, on, on a paper print medium. It was very big. Uh, I mean, media today, I think, the only newspaper that will cover, cover combat sports on a regular basis, is the Sowetan right now. And that's more boxing than any other combat sport. And that's scary. Yeah, 100%. In terms of TV, the only TV channel showing local boxing right now is the only channel we have, which is Supersport. And that's cherry-picked. So we're not getting to see those, those heroes, as you talk about. So we don't know them. And I think, I, I think and it's even worse for the rest of the combat sports. Correct, but I think we must also give kudos to what the Caxtons are doing. Particularly at a community level, so oh, for sure. very, very regularly, you know, back page of the Caxtons, you see about the local taekwondo, the local, you know, karate, the local kung fu, the local boxing tournaments, etc. I 100% agree with you, but I also take it away from them because 90% of what you've seen in those local newspapers is what's fed them. Correct. They're not they're, out there hunting for it. They're not going looking for that. There's not a guy sitting behind a desk and uh, a Mark Jaber at Caxton going, "Where is the next tournament? I want to go and watch it. I want to go and see what it's about." Is a guy sitting there at Caxton waiting for somebody to email him something because he does... Absolutely. So he's not even doing his job. It's not even journalism. It's literally... He's, he's, what do you call it? Playwriting. What, the, what do they call that no, shit? It's essentially order-taking because 90% yeah. of the photos that are also you know, put in most Caxtons yeah. are supplied. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So 
again, thank you for putting it out there to a small community, but you're not really going to look for it, so you're not really helping anybody. And if I was, if I was, and I had the time, and I spent the time, and I bombarded Caxton with articles about my fighters, articles about fight designer, things that I knew, I know I'll get, I'll be in every weekend. Every yeah. week, I'll, there will be something in. Correct. Is it is it true? Is it true what we what we should be getting from the from the the press? No, press no, no, is no, not at all. So yeah, we give kudos to them. But again, going back to the fact that we don't have heroes in combat sport because it's so, and the, probably the only sport we really have heroes right now in combat is probably the EFC at the moment, based upon the fact they are very very um, visual in, in in what they do on the social media platforms, on TV. They are, they do have TV. They are very busy with their print media in terms of you see billboards of the stuff. So the only me- he- heroes we have is MMA at the moment. And again, a small hand- handful of them. And I imagine that's part of your frustration you have as well as somebody, and interesting enough, somebody that's never been part of the sport, but has loved the sport enough to want to help it, which is very rare. Correct. Um, so I, I say on behalf of the sport, my sport, thank you, because you don't find that. We, you don't find a lot of that. Um, I imagine there are one or probably two or three other guys in the world that do what you do, but it's a very rare thing to find somebody that never was involved with the sport because combat sports is like it becomes part of you. You know, you never leave it. Always say like, how do you how do you stop? How do you get out of boxing? You don't. You, you once you're a boxer, you're always involved in the sport. It just stays with you. Um, and I and I'd imagine it's like that for other fighting sports as well. I'm not even, I've never done any other fighting sports, so I can't really speak for the karates and the, the kickboxing guys. But I imagine it's the same sort of passion that you live yeah. with because it's such a lonely sport. Well, I mean, that's the sense that I've been getting in terms of, it's now what, almost eight years that since, since I really sort of got into it deeply that I've been following the sport. Um, okay, so before that, let's stop you there. How did you get into it? Because what is your background that you got into the, the, the media side of it, like, have you, have you got a background in media? No, I've got a background in marketing. So I, I got out of I got out of school and really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and I applied for various varsities, etc. Got accepted, and and then at the time, and, and here I'm giving away my age. The 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 government of the day decided to lower conscription from two years to one year. That was a great idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was happy. Yeah, I'm sure you were happy. I mean, I look back on it now and I look at most of the snot noses running around today and I go, geez, conscription would be a great idea. I think it's a fantastic <laughs> idea. Again. The problem is, did you see that video on social media with that tank? <laughs> what the fuck? I went to the army. I wasn't there long. Yeah. And I'm not, that's a whole other story. Okay. So I podcasted itself. <laughs> but I was there. Yeah. That would never have happened 20 years ago. But the thing is, you know... you. You've got to look at the other side of the coin there, where they're not trained to get out of the way. <laughs> okay, so I looked at that video. And if you haven't seen the video, get, it's on social media. You've got to go. It's, it's got to be somewhere out there the, of this guy driving a tank over a hill. Correct. Doing a, a demo. Demonstration. Or some, and then he loses his control. Or I don't know what the fuck. Drives down a fence. But the whole grandstand literally... Evacuates, just, yeah. yeah. But if you watch, if you listen to that tank as it comes over the hill... Do you hear them catcalling and shouting? And scre- this is supposed to be a, a, I mean, it's a, a professionally trained army. But it's military. I mean, yeah. I just think it's, it's a military. It's almost like parliament. You know, they're, they're, they're supposed to be a, like a decorum, a, a formal presence and a way you behave. And then 
they kept calling the tank driving. I don't care what tricks it was doing. There's a place for how you Super behave. Step, yeah. Like you don't go to parliament and dance around with red overalls and look like an idiot. Correct. And, and that, so for that video for me, it was hilarious. So we've totally gone off the fucking track. Let's get back to where you're talking <laughs> well, about. fighting talk, one. isn't it? Yeah, fighting talk. <laughs> Let's go back to the one year drop. To yeah, so, so I then decided, listen, I, I really don't want to go back to two years. So let me take, you know, take the gap. Mm. Went in, did the year, came back, um, and then went back into varsity, did my stuff. Really didn't want to become a lawyer. Uh, got into marketing, um, and then literally spent a good 10, 12 years in marketing at, uh, from an advertising agency point of view right the way through into, into corporate, corporate marketing. Okay. And, and part and parcel of many roles that I fulfilled in that space was, was strategic in terms of checking out trends and all that kind of stuff. And one of the trends that I started seeing and f- through the various people that I was bumping into and talking to was, was what was happening with the UFC. And at the same time, this little group of, 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 uh, of guys that had started this uh, small promotion called EFC Africa here in South Africa. I don't think they ever started as small. Well, you know, relative to, to what boxing was in this country and relative to all of the other major sporting events, EFC, when it started out, yes, they would try to, you know, fill out the dome and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the thing is, relative to all major sporting events of the day, and here we're talking 10 mm. years ago, yeah. it was small mm. um, compared to what we were used to, going to the likes of Ellis Park, going to, to um, uh, Wanderers, etc. Because those are the big stadiums where you'd go yeah. and watch the big events. Um, and something said to me, watch, watch the space. Understand it, get to know a little bit. But and, and there through a couple of acquaintances that I had at the time, got into the combat sports space via the athletes via bringing gear into the country, via then understanding that at that time, professional athletes, guys that had been with the EFC, from EFC 1, were struggling to make ends meet from the point of view that they were yeah. living from hand to mouth. Yeah. This is a professional fighter that I- steps into a cage, and the minute that cage door slams behind them, he knows, and she at this point in time, yeah. that... The person on the other side of the cage wants to put their fist through their head. Yeah. And you've got not just the promotions at the time, but still promotions around the world paying a pittance for these guys to put their lives on the line. I think welcome to combat sports. That, that's the fact across the board. Literally the top 10% make money. But that's the problem with sport, professional sport per se in this country. Yeah. Look at the cricketers. Well, I don't think it's just this country though. And that's a perception that we don't get right. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have traveled around the globe with boxing and, and seen um, in a, a lot of countries. I've been to a lot of countries now with boxing. And it, it's not just us that, that it's poor. It's, it's, it's really a poor sport. And again, I said the top 10% make money out of the sport. And, I, and when I mean by 10%, I'm talking about the top 10% of fighters. Not the trainers, not the promoters, not the fighters. Top 10% make money. The other guys don't make money. Um, no matter what country you're in. Even in the US, those guys that fight professionally in the US that are you know, sitting at 300 or 400 in the ranking in the US, those guys are not making money. No. And they're not, they're not even getting that many fights as well. And I think compared to like we look at ours. I mean, and I think I, that's the beauty of boxing as a sport, is, is that it has this power. 
to bring to, to, to write those rags to richer stories yeah. and, and, and there are tons of them tons of them oh, I, yeah. mean, I mean as you just look at arguably one of the greatest fighters um, of the last four decades Pacquiao yeah you know great example Perfect example, yeah. Um, and I mean, there's hundreds we can tell. I mean, yeah. we look at other combat sports fighters in this country, um, and, and there's some fantastic stories about guys that literally come out of children's homes that are champions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Igor Cabez is one of them. Uh, Bukang Masunyani, you know, we spoke about it. He's, 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 he's signed for multiple global promotions mm. now, and he's one of those kids. And he is set for superstardom if he just gets couple other basics right in my opinion yeah well i think that, see so that's the point is that it's a it's a very poor sport it's a it's a hard sport it's not one of the, the, the sort of i mean if you if i heard the other day um what one of the players in the in the psl the soccer league here they they sit on the bench they're not even part of the the star team you know they're bench warmers but they get paid weekly is like what some I would say what a whole tournament gets paid, the whole tournament of boxing tournament put on, development boxing tournament put on, what it costs to put that whole tournament on is what a, a guy that sits on the bench for one of the PSL teams. And not one of the big teams. I'm not talking the Pirates and the Chiefs. I'm talking about... Platinum uh, Stars, that kind of thing. I don't even know who the cock sides are. Yeah. Oh, they're all cock to me. <laughs> but one of those cock sides um, earns more than a whole development tournament cost to put on. Yeah. Now that's... It's crazy, that but mix. Why? But why? It's a simple, there's a simple answer to that question. And that is the one thing that is really pissing me off with regards to the sport. Well, there's probably a lot of things that piss you off about the sport. No, 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 sure. But the one thing above all else that okay, pisses me it? off the most about the sport is, is that you know, I know, we, the people in the sport probably know handfuls, bucket loads, bagfuls of guys that have garagefuls of money. Yeah. And not one of these guys is prepared to put it behind the sport. But why? Okay. I'll tell you why. Well, I think there's a number of reasons why. Um, and, and, and I'm going to point the finger at big brands first. And I'll give you an example. Brands, I've spoken to, personally spoken to the directors of marketing, the, you know, executives of marketing of massive brands. And the number one answer coming back from most of these brands, yeah. blood sport. What's the it's problem? It's not aligned with our brand. Okay, and I'll give you a classic example, and, and I'm going to throw, I'm going to bang some names here. I think that's just an excuse. Of course, it's an excuse because you look at brands like 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 Hooters, you look at brands like Monster, you look at brands like Panasonic, mm. Samsung. Okay, these are brands that, outside of this country, sponsor combat sports. sponsor combat sports, but in a massive way. Yeah, huge. But you try and talk to the head of Monster that looks after Africa. Yeah. Monster's brand positioning is not for combat sports. And then you've got to tell him, you know, you'd love to say to him straight off the bat, bullshit. Yeah. You quite clearly don't follow the mother brand and what, yeah. what, what Monster Global is doing. Hmm. Similarly, the marketing, the head of marketing for Samsung told me now it's a blood sport. We're busy watching it at the moment. Three weeks later. They sponsored EFC. Three weeks later, they were suddenly a sponsor of EFC. Now they no longer are. But now you wonder why. And then, you, and, and then you look at the current big players in the EFC space. Hmm. And who are they? They're all the second-tier brands. They're not primary brands, yeah. primary-tier brands. I mean, you look at the insurance company, hmm. Constantia. Yeah. It's not a, a first-tier, probably not even a second-tier insurance company. Yeah. 
relative to the rest, probably third tier. Look at Rex different gearbox. I mean, That's for God's sake, who the hell is Rex different gearbox in the greater scheme of things? And yet, what that guy's done with his brand through, through, through the EFC... Dude, if I had a hat on, I'd tip my hat to, oh, no, brilliantly. to what he's done. He's, he's, he's literally taken his brand to the next level. Oh, he spent huge money on I mean, combat sports across the board. He's, he's involved in everything. Boxing, uh-huh. MMA, etc. I've got to tip my hat oh, to Rick. those kind of brands. Yes. Rick, yeah. No, You've you got to tip your hat to it. I mean, well, without, that, without what he's done, I'd hate to know where we would be sitting with combat sport. Agreed. Because I think he himself has probably helped uh, a good couple of hundred pe- fighters make sure they kept the game going. Because without his involvement in boxing, without his involvement in the EFC, there would have been, probably still would have been fights, but not as many. So other guys would have lost and they would not have had, had, had the longevity of, of, of keeping it going either. And I think he's, you're focusing just on the fighter, as it should be, mm. okay? Mm. But we've also got to understand that there's, that there's a bit of a tail that comes to that because on top of that 100-odd fighters that the likes of Rex Diffin Gearbox have helped, mm. what about the thousands of support crew that go with it? So the trainers, the, 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 the cutmen, oh, all yeah. of that stuff that goes because, you know, when you've got a fighter, and, and we can name a couple that, that Rex, for example, has, you know, Kevin Arenas, etc., that, that he sponsored. Mm. You know, when Kevin goes overseas, which he's just recently done, when Kevin fights locally here, he takes an entourage with him and out of his purse, he pays obviously trainers and, and management and all that kind of stuff. So, so there's people feeding off of these second and third tier brands. And, and, and so, so it's, it's bigger than just you as the fighter that I'm sponsoring. Yeah. Absolutely. But for me, and I love you, I'd, I'm going to do this. So it would be great if we could do this as well, collectively across both of our platforms, is I'd love to start talking to these brands because what I'd love to understand is, is how has the involvement in combat sports for a brand like Rex Diffin Gearbox benefited his business? Because at the end of the day, you know, unless, of course, he is such a diehard fan that he doesn't give a shit as to how much he loses off this stuff, mm. that he's just, he just wants to give back but at some point, someone's got to be turning around and say, guys, we can't keep on pissing away. Well, see, that's, see, that, that's the thing. Is that I'm not sure I want the conversation because I'm scared he's going to realize it. <laughs> yeah, but I think some of the guys like, like him are probably going, I don't care. Because uh, it's, it's, it's about the growth of the sport. And if this is going to be my legacy, it's going to be my legacy. Yeah, well, I'm, I think it, it's got to be that. I think yeah. a large portion of what, of, in terms of that particular uh, situation, RDG, it's got to be a lot of passion. And a little love, because I don't really see much else besides the fact that you talk about it, and we talk, and the name almost rolls off everybody's everybody's mouth in combat sports. You talk about Rex Diff, Diff and Gearbox RDG. It's just everybody knows it, but how often do we re- know it to use it to remember to use it? One hundred percent. So when was the last time you had a problem with your Diff and your Gearbox, no. and you phoned up RDG? No, it's not part of what I do. Okay, so see, that's the thing. So yeah. you know, for me. That we need to find out if there's a value outside of what we understand. Because at the end of the day, you know, and, and, and you know, for me, like I said, and, and, and you rightly said, there are a lot of problems with, 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 with combat sports. But the vast majority of those problems are never going to be resolved if we're never going to bring on long-term sustainable money into the sport. 
And, uh, you know, the one that stands out most in my head is let's go back 20 years and let's think of who the big sponsor of boxing in South Africa was then. And I think there's only one name that comes to mind. Old Buck. Nashua. There we go. Oh. Nashua, for me, you know, that red, blue and white was synonymous with boxing throughout South Africa. Mm-hmm. Where are they now? Yeah, well, they got they came, they came back into boxing briefly, and they sponsored one of the fighters, and then they, they I know they were one or two they did one or two smaller shows or shows with golden gloves, but they aren't like they used to be in terms of the same sort of value or same. I think at that time there was somebody at Nashua that had the same sort of mindset as as Rex does with RDG, and was willing to just throw stuff at it and 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 for the love of the game, yeah. not really for the market or terms. But it, it must have had a value for Nashua because you talk about Nashua. The brand was huge. Um, you talk about you, you talk about boxing in that time. You spoke about Nashua, so it gave itself a home, um, and I'm hoping that same is for RDG. But also, I mean, the thing is, and, and and this is the part that I don't understand in terms of the brands. I mean, yeah, we were talking about Manchester United. I'm wearing the shirt today, but you go to a big game, whatever, Liverpool versus mm. United. And, and the range of shirts that are available, I mean, you yourself, Liverpool fan, you must have, what, four or five different oh, yeah. Liverpool shirts going back, what, Carlsberg days? Yeah, no, I've got, I've got, I stopped buying about five years ago because okay. I just got fucking tired of throwing, <laughs> throwing money at the jersey and not winning anything. So standard charge, you don't have that shirt? No, I don't have the new one. Eh? Okay. So if anybody would like to buy me the new one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the thing is, the, the long tail in terms of the branding component, and I'm trying to bring this back to yeah. Nashua, is that you go and Google photos of Brian Mitchell, Baby Jake, all those guys in their mm, prime. Nashua. Okay, who's the big brand behind that you'll always see? Yeah. Well, Brian was sponsored by Nashua. Yeah. He was heavy involved with Nashua. But whenever something. they had their big local tournaments here in South Africa, yeah. it was all Nashua, um, Nashua, no, Nashua, definitely. Nashua. Okay, so got into marketing, saw a gap in terms of that. There was something happening locally. Uh, the EFC started its birth. What is the next step for you in terms of that involvement? So you said you're bringing in gear. Yeah. So the thing is, I started going to the events. Started writing about the events. Started for who? For for myself. So started started a business. You know, ruckus. um, Ruckus. Ruckus media. What's that mean? Just make a ruckus. Yeah, it's exactly it. You know, it's one of those. You know, if there's a if there's a noise, if there's a a hullabaloo, if there's a upscorp, if there's a a a clever name, a couple of boots mooring each other, it's a ruckus. Yeah. No, I thought it was a clever name. Yeah. So the whole concept was, we, you know, came up with this name Ruckus, Ruckus Media, and uh, just started using that as as the the fight sports component. And initially, then predominantly MMA. Mm. We started going to a lot of the amateur events, then Fight Stars, EFC, sitting in the crowd, you know, tweeting live. Because the thing then is, is that many of the undercard fights were not being broadcast. So now you've mm. got young up and coming athletes. Not, not getting any exposure, hmm. so I'd start writing about it. And, and, and I think in the in the beginning though, the whole card was always broadcast. Yeah, right in the very beginning. Yes, correct. Yeah. And then they changed it where they started earlier and they had a bigger interval and they only showed the main card when they moved to ETV. ETV, SABC, yeah. and then DSTV. Yeah, then that's when they did that change where they yeah. stopped showing it. Well, the thing is, then is you couldn't expect those big stations to set aside... Four or five hours. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't... Uh, from four o'clock until 11 o'clock at night, we're going to watch EFC. So for the rest of you, days of our lives, yeah. cheers. Yeah. You know, that, we never do that. Because well, I remember in the beginning with EFC, we, we used to, at the Dome, 
we used to start, I think it was like at seven, six, seven, somewhere that was the start time back in the day. And then if it was a, if it was a long night and that nobody got ended early and like all the rounds went, we'd just sometimes walk out of there at like after 12 at night. Yeah. And the TV was showing that. And it was like an open-ended thing. And eventually, I think they got to a case where we're going to give you two hours. That's it. And then that's where the change came about. Well, I think that's the problem, is, yeah. is that when it comes to MMA or any fight sports, yeah. bearing in mind that, that I mean, let's, let's understand this concept. Combat sport is the only sport in the world, to my knowledge, yes. that can end early. Sure. No other sport in the world... Okay. Everything else has got a duration. Correct. Mm. So this can end in 13 seconds like we've seen. Yeah. Or it's got to take the full 25 minutes depending on what it is. Mm. You know, title fight, etc., etc. So from that point of view, from a TV point of view, you would have to... Okay, you've got 20 fights. X number of minutes per fight plus time between. We have to give you six and a half hours yeah. just to get through your card. Yeah. And they can't do it. It's not worth their programming. So that's no. why they, they can fight and they show the main card and then there's time over because it ends early, they show the other fights. So yeah, that's the process. Which, which, yeah. So for me, it was a case of going there, talking about it, getting to know the fighters, meeting the guys, tweeting about it, writing articles, etc. And, and at the beginning, it was, it, was, it was all about sort of having fun. Mm. Just shits and giggles. Just writing about, meeting the guys and... and I tell you what, my first encounter with a, 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 an EFC champion, mm. I was on my way to meet him, I think, for, for drinks one evening. And um, I was told, listen, you're going to go meet an EFC champion. I'm like, oh, okay. Fighting champion. Oh, these are going to be the biggest motherfuckers with the biggest attitudes. Who, from you know? what? Well, an EFC champion. Okay. Okay. And uh, I'm deliberately keeping the name a secret now because... For me, it was like attitude. I'm going to have serious... That, that was, your, that was your, what you thought was going to happen. My expectation, yeah. my preconceived okay. notion about... Did it live up to that? So I arrived there and this gentleman arrives. Yeah. My God, like down to earth, having a chat. Actually, more nervous... About talking to you. About talking to us about what we wanting to do and all this kind of shit than I was in the car on the way to meet him. And the guy I'm talking about at the time happened to be uh, Dino Bagatine. Oh, Dino. Yeah. Yeah, the and, lion. Yeah, the lion. Um, uh, yeah, the president of the Vale. That's <laughs> 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 where I grew up. Um, yeah. But, you know, and since then, bar probably a handful of athletes, that experience, well, not me being nervous about going to meet these guys, no. but the experience of seeing really down-to-earth and meeting and talking to really down-to-earth guys across all the combat sports has been exactly the same they're the kind of guys and i've mentioned it they're to just many people, people. Yeah. just guys trying to make it eh? you know it's the kind of guy that you'd want to take home to meet your mom dinner <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking dinner <laughs> don't hit me yes yes um no but all of them across the board i mean having met and and and, and spoken to the vast majority of them yeah. and, and just most recently guys that i haven't had sort of one-on-one -on -one sort okay, of interaction so talking about that because yeah. you've experienced that now you've spent time with fighters and you write about them and you one of the biggest things that part of this game is is people's perception of it you you spoke about your perception of, of meeting yeah. somebody uh, is that 
and and one of the things we don't get right in 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 our fight sports in this country we don't get right and what i'm going to explain it is like this is we don't in in, in wrestling in professional wrestling and i'm not talking about like the wrestling in the play play wrestling. Map, not the olympic wrestling you're talking WWE. entertainment entertainment wrestling the yes. play play stuff yeah you want to play like that and it's not so fucking nice to play like that. I wouldn't be thrown. I want to be thrown around and some of that shit. That Listen, I don't play. want to get thrown through a table from a from a ladder and no, shit like no. that. But I don't mind being smacked by one of those guys when he's still six feet away from me. That's fine. Okay. Because he misses. I'm me. sure. Because is anybody out there that does the <laughs> professional wrestling here in South Africa? I saw they they've got a relaunch. Would like Mark would like to fight in your next event. Listen, talking about that, slam. What is it? Slam force. Same. That's what I saw. Something coming back. But that's the local boys. It's the local boys, but bringing the international boys here. Slam Force is coming May. I think it's May, 28th of May. It was meant to be now in March. But that's but what, is that WWE? No, no, no. no local no. Slam, Slam Force. Slam Force Africa, yeah. Okay, so Slam Force, if you're out there, Mark would like to get smacked by one of you guys. No, <laughs> I've got a couple of them coming on the show. We've already oh, really? started chatting. Yes, as they, when they arrive in the country, okay. we've got a couple of them coming on the show. So right. stay tuned. May okay, is so like Slam Force boys. Back to that. And I won't get hit, hopefully, on my studio. Don't oh, touch me on my gonna, studio. <laughs> Pile drive you through. So what they do right in that sport is they create, they call them heels. Um, and then I can't remember what the other name is. There's two, the two characters. There's a heel, and then the heel is the bad guy. So he, he's a guy that's got a persona. Now, we've seen that transition, and we've seen that work in professional fighting sports. We saw it with, um, what's that? Now, name's just gone out of my head. What's that boy that just got his ass? Covington. Yeah, Colby. Colby. He, he took on a heel persona. Now, anybody that knows him outside of when he's on, on that media stage and when he's out there knows that's not who he is. But he took it on. His career was dying. He took on that I'm, I'm going to be in your face attitude, the smack talk, the talking rubbish. And it actually gave him legs. It got him a title shot. Even though he fought and he won and he got to the point of, the, he was at a point where EFC, uh, UFC was actually going to cancel his contract because they didn't find value in him. Suddenly he turns heel, and I use the term heel from the wrestling thing, where he gets has an attitude, and he suddenly is spotlighted. Now, in professional boxing, we've seen Mayweather do that. Mayweather will play the role of either victim or, or enemy, or whatever you want to call it. You either hate him or you love him. Yeah. And depending on who he fights, he would play that part through that 24-7 show that he would do, where he would be arrogant and brash and throw money in your face to make you pistol because the guy he was fighting was a pretty boy. I was called, it's actually called Pretty Boys in Heels. That's what it's called, mm. if I remember now. So you would either play pretty, the pretty face or you would play heel. And Mayweather did that fucking well to the point of guys were, were either going to turn on to see him get beaten because they wanted him to get a hiding because they hated him, or they put on because they wanted to see him put a beating on. Either way, they were putting the TV on. And that's what he was doing. That's what he was. That's how he made his money. And I think that's what the UFC have done so spectacularly well. Well, they've done very well we're now with this BFM belt, which I would, would, yeah, which is a lot of bullshit in terms of it being a belt. But yeah, but I don't the think it's just the BMF. I think, I think UFC, per se, since the days when they took over um, Pride. Yeah. Have done that spectacularly well. You have, have to played, market. They have played one guy against the other. Unfortunately, up until the point where, and, and, and there were many of them that did it 
well before. Yeah. But there has been An the master. So, so that's what I'm saying to you. So we don't do that in this country. We don't get, our guys don't, there isn't, there's not, there's not enough personality. We don't get to see enough personality from our fighters. They don't get to be seen enough by the public for them to have personalities. So I was talking funny enough yesterday to somebody about boxing and why boxing and combat sports doesn't have the same mileage as your soccer, your rugby, your crickets, your other sports. And I said to him, it's a simple case of there's no connection. People don't connect to a fighter. And, and we can, this is the whole conversation on its own, where they don't buy into a fighter. Um, I don't know who, I, Mark Jaber is coming on to my podcast. Who the fuck's Mark Jaber? Absolutely. But if somehow they got to know a little bit about you, now they've heard a little bit about you, they understand a little bit more about who you are, who are you as a person, they connect to you. And then the next time they hear you, they're going to buy into you. And it's exactly an example I gave to, my, to, to, to a guy they're talking about this exact same subject. I said to him, if I said to you, I've got a white-collar fight next week fighting, and I've got Nick and Dave fighting, okay? Come watch Nick and Dave fighting. You're going to say, who the fuck's Nick and Dave? Okay? It means nothing to you. Why would you come? All right? But if I said to you, Nick and Dave are fighting, come watch. And you go, who's Nick and Dave? And I go, Dave, do you remember Dave? Two weeks ago when we were out and that guy made trouble and he banged that and he dropped that guy in the car park. You go, fuck that Jesus, is he, is he fighting? I'm there. I want to check yeah. that out. Yeah. Because you connected. You yeah. saw something yeah. that you knew who he was. Yeah. Even if you had met him over supper and he told you a story and he told you he's getting divorced and you and you maybe had similar, you connected with him, you would have, an you would have a connection that you're prepared to go and invest time in, in supporting him. We don't get a connection with our fighters because we don't know who they are. We don't know who they are. And then the example being is everybody knows Man United. Yeah. So you watch it every week. You watch it. You don't watch who's playing. You watch Man United. If they sell your favorite player, you've bought another jersey next week with the next player's name on it because that's the team you support. Correct. So how do you support boxing as a team? How do you support martial arts as a team? You can't. And they, got, they almost did it. A couple of years ago in the EFC when they started doing that, the fight fit militia against the, the, the guys from uh, Pretoria, CIT. CIT. Yeah. They sort of created those two groups, which I think became ugly. It didn't really need to do that. But there wasn't a way. Should, they should have sp spent more time focusing on giving the fighters profiles. And that's what we're trying to do. You and me collectively are trying to do by what we're doing now. So what you do at Ruckus Media is give people profiles. Yeah, the opportunity that to is profile. exactly what I'm trying to do. You know, it's, it's, but it's, how, how hard is that for you? Oh, it's hard because, and, and I want to come back to one of the points you made earlier. Is and and, and I'm going to say this, and and it's with the greatest amount of respect that I say this to most of the fighters. But I think, for the most part, 99% of the fighters out there have no fucking idea how to market themselves. 100%. Okay. All right, they haven't. They, it's it's like. We'll sit and we'll watch McGregor versus Mayweather and we'll learn fuck all out of that experience. Yeah. Okay? And what I mean by fuck all out of that experience, I mean not one of them has picked up on the concept or very few of them, because there are a couple, yeah. very few of them have picked up on the concept that I need people, and the word that you used is spot on, to connect with me. That's it. It doesn't matter how they connect. You are the brand. Okay, it's either they love me or they hate me. So I'm going to say shit. I'm going to do shit 
that's either going to get people buying tickets because they want to see the other guy knock my head off, or they're going to buy tickets because they want to see me knock that guy's head off. A Mayweather. Okay. That's the Mayweather. And that's exactly Connor and, 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 and Mayweather's entire marketing model. And it works. Makes some money. Even if Connor's going to go knock out old men in bars, okay, it gets people talking about him. Yeah. All right? Unfortunately. Un unfortunately. No, no such thing as bad publicity. Not, not, not when it comes to fight sports. Yeah. But the problem, I think, as well, where MMA in this country stumbled and no one has ever gone in to try and fix it is that we had a handful of issues with MMA fighters, road rage, beating up people, etc., etc., mm. and ending up in courts, et that kind of stuff. Sure. So you're now in a situation where there's, number one, there's this legal fear Okay, two, you've got another situation where, unfortunately, the South African psyche on a Saturday night and a Friday night is such that, if an, and I've seen it, if an MMA fighter is out with his girlfriend, wife, mm. friends, yeah, okay, you've got six oaks in the corner who've been smashing it up since lunchtime because they got off work and decided to skip, you know, food. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And, oh, they recognize so-and-so, hey, He's the yeah. champion. Yeah. Fuck, I can beat him. Yeah. I'll show you. You're going to get that. Okay. And now, now, I speak to a lot of athletes. And a lot of the athletes, are they second guess about going out. Because the problem is, they're professional athletes. Their hands are essentially no, trained. You, you, well, you're actually licensed as a, as a firearm. Yeah. You, so if you, you knock someone out, you kill court, someone. Court will look at you like that. Yeah. You go to jail. Yeah. You got a major problem. For sure. Okay, and Don't we know anybody. some of the athletes, I know one or two of the athletes in this country have had that problem. Well, that goes down again to Timber and That's a whole conversation uh, we can have. Correct, you. correct. Yeah. But, the, but the thing is, when it comes down to athletes don't understand how to market themselves. No. And I'm going to take it further. It's not just about either being the pretty boy or the heel. Mm. It's about standing for something. Okay. Baby face. Sorry, I just clicked. That was what they call. They call you either a baby face or you're a heel. Or the heel. Okay. Uh, apologies so, to the wrestlers out there in Slam Force. What's the Slam Force coming? Slam Force coming. Yeah, yeah. It's baby face or heel. So yeah, I got it right. Now. Well, I'd love to okay. know then. Excited. I'd love to know with Ken Shamrock being part of that uh, um, uh, uh, Slam Force yeah. Africa. Will he be a baby face or a heel? Is he the heel or the baby face? I think for the most part he's been the heel. You probably come as a career. heel. Yeah. You probably come as a heel, but because he's got enough enough interest. Him to you know for him to be you'll uh, probably come as yeah. the bad guy because that's the most dangerous man in the world. Yeah, that was his name. So, so the big thing there is is that from these athletes, they haven't quite understood that that I've got to stand for something, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, sort of that I hate you. Mm. And I and I think we, there's one or two athletes in this country that that I don't know. I still haven't forged an opinion in terms of if it's the right way to do it, but I think he gets people riled. Yeah. And one of those is EFC fighter Conrad Siabi. It's almost yeah. like he has to hate the guy <laughs> that he's fighting to fight him. Okay. Does he really get to the point where he dislikes the guy, or is it just a show? No, I think I think it's I think it's probably 60-40. Okay, so here's another one. Timbo Karimba. Yeah. Is is does is he is he in so I don't know him. You've spoken to I've him. I've spoken to him a couple of times, yeah. Is he the arsehole that he acts like? Or is he not the asshole that he acts like? Is that a show he's putting on right Listen, now? Listen, I've seen Timba Karimbo in, in, in a number of guises. And, and I mean, he's... An, uh, so, my very first encounter with Timba, I'll tell a story. Uh, EFC, 
he was in a fight um, and probably ranks up there to one of my top 10 most boring fights. Mm-hmm. And at the uh, post-fight press conference, I made that comment. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, what the hell? I mean, you hear you'd spoken a good game. It was meant to be a great... And all you did was you hugged and cuddled the man against the cage. You, you made yourself a blanket so heavy on the guy that he couldn't fight back. And eventually you won it based on your, 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 your strikes, your, your wall and wall and your ground and pound, etc. And the judges gave it to you. He took serious offense that I think the next week when I arrived at the FFM gym, it was like, not that he attacked me, but he like, he came at me. He was like, how do you do that? I thought you were part of your friends. I thought, I said, dude, it's got nothing to do with me versus you. Is it when you talk up a fight and you say you're going to do this Deliver. and then you don't. And then when we ask you why not, you say, I can't tell you why. Something happened to me before I walked into the cage that I can't tell you about. Uh, okay. Why can't you tell me about it? Oh, because then it'll give stuff away. Well, dude, then you got a problem. Yeah. And well, then you have to take the criticism. Hundred percent. Then you got to take the criticism because the thing is, if I'm going to be the only media guy that's going to ask that question, fuck off. I'm going to ask that question. No, you must. And and and, and that's the problem as well with the media in this country. We've got a couple of yobros that are running around either focusing on one entity, one group of fighters, one this, one that. No one's telling the story. So when you do come and you actually ask a tough question, the problem is our athletes also haven't been groomed and don't understand the concept of dealing with tough questions because they're always babied. So how do we fix that, though? Well, first of all, in my experience and in my opinion, we need more people asking the right questions. We need more people interrogating and holding associations, promotions, people accountable. But you're doing that now with your show. Hey, I've been doing it from the very beginning. And I don't know if you know this, but way back when I I wrote an article about the EFC and about the fact that they hadn't paid the MMA officials. Yeah, I saw that. For for quite a while. I saw that, yeah. And as a result of that very article, and literally I'd I'd given EFC a writer reply. Yes. I'd written the article. I'd sent a, a message to EFC saying, I'm posting this article at 12 o'clock. This was 8 in the morning. Just tell me yes or no. Hold. Give me a cup. Just, just say something. Yeah. And I'll hold the article and we'll get your view. They'd read the message. I could see. But no one responded. 12 o'clock. I posted the article. I think the next day or the day after, all second tier media was banned from the EFC. And I think that was for about four or five months. Which literally meant that the vast majority of the guys that are covering it podcasters all of the all of the the keyboard warriors if i can call it that oh, but those are the guys giving it giving it correct because the main media is not not doing it not at let's all. be honest they're not i mean the thing is you look at what the likes of the sabc sports the the the, the, the etvs did at the time the dstvs did at the time and you go with the kind of publicity you have with the kind of media roaches you've got behind you what you're putting out there sorry it's piss poor absolutely piss poor so these big organizations are relying on 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 on, on the podcast the podcast the, the guys that are doing the small work because yeah, yeah. that's hitting the, the the community the keyboard journos yeah that literally are loving the sport and the vast majority of those guys unfortunately a result of that never came back to the uf uh, the, the efc mm. so maybe i had something to do with that but you know what i don't really give a shit because at the time it turned the spotlight on a situation that funny enough, end of last year, yeah. read its head again. 
Yeah, I saw that there was a thing happening again about um, EFC and you know, MMA. MMA Savvy cannot be paid yeah. or something. But you know, the thing is, you know, uh, we, we can talk about the, the, the problems with, with combat sport in terms of financial, because it, it, is, it is Italian sport in terms of, we know the fighters don't get paid well. But to do these shows costs a lot of money. Yes, to correct. put on, you got to, it's a, and it goes for all combat sports. It costs money to do these things, so uh, there is a frustration, and there is a whole, probably a whole conversation just about that. But I want to get back to you. Yeah. So we had your journey was you started Ruckus Media writing, doing that. You then got onto onto radio. Was it radio first? Yeah, yeah. So then, then from from just doing all of that kind of stuff, I uh, got a, got an opportunity. I approached a couple of radio stations. Uh, I spoke to the SABC guys, um, and uh, particularly in that sort of cloudy Motswaneng era, where, if you recall, they made a major policy change, and everything mm. was about ninety percent local content, and they would only starting to push local, local, local. So, oh yes, I remember yeah, that. Approached the SABC sort of radio stations and said, "Listen, this is what I'd like to do," um, and even had a TV idea even created a 30-minute a, a TV pilot show and uh, took that to them, showcased this whole thing. And they were like, yeah, love it. But, I can't pay for it. But you need to bring it as an AFP. Right. And I'm like, at that stage, I'm just learning about this media space. Mm. Like, what the fuck's an AFP? <laughs> okay. Because, you know, it's, yeah. all, it's no, all these well, little, uh, you know. There's uh, a lot of people going, listening to this going, what's an AFP? Exactly. Dude? So for all of you, I was in the same boat. What the fuck is an AFP? So an AFP is an advertiser-funded program. So, yes, that would put it on. As long as I could bring. It done. Yeah. <laughs> Paid for. 250,000 rands worth of advertising per show. Yeah. So now you go, oh, you want to put a show on once a week? Yeah, a million rand a month. Yeah, hundred, and that's if it's a four-week month. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so not going to happen. Yeah, and then and then the radio guys were like, yeah, and we met a couple of people that said, yeah, we can get you in this concept. No one's doing it. Let's talk radio. And uh, then Cloudy's demise came about, and then to try and open a, a door there afterwards was like, no, we, we're not even interested in that. We've got a different policy. Combat sports is not on the agenda. It's not on the radar. So then I approached a couple of community stations, and one of the community stations said, yeah. So I, I made a bold statement. Nothing like what I was going to put on radio has ever been done in South Africa. And the board of this community station said, like, yeah, dude, we've heard that shit before. Hmm. I said, well, prove me wrong. Go. Monday after I'd sent them, sent them the presentation and all that kind of stuff, I got a phone call. Yeah, you were right. When do you want to start? I said, cool. She said, but you can only start on one condition. I said, okay, what's that? That not only do you put your show on, but you host all of the sports on community radio. Jeez. So like, shit, what went, the starting off was just a half an hour show, ended up in yeah. two sports shows per week. Sure. So that got me in sort of two, three years on community radio. I used the platform to try and give as much exposure to fringe sports as possible, mm. a good portion of that being the combat sports space. But when I talk fringe sports, I started learning about diving and underwater hockey. And oh, there's lots. Shit loads of sports out there that literally no one even knows about. There probably is 400 people in the country that follow kind of, th yeah. kind of stuff. 
um, and had you know sort of fourteen year old champions on my show had had you know I, I don't know at the time what blew my mind is that I interviewed one of the gold medalist stars of our South African ladies underwater hockey team. They were the current world champions. It's like mind blowing really? shit. Mind blowing world shit. Champions. World champions. At the time they were the world champions. They went, I think it was Canada. Underwater ladies. Hockey. So it's the big lungs. <laughs> <laughs> Huge. Okay. And and uh, they went and defended the title unsuccessfully. Um, but they won it. They, they previously won it. That's they're, a, they're previous five, world champions. So that's a world champion. Well Correct. Um, but that's the kind of shit yeah. I got exposed to. Um, but continued to do as much as I could for the combat sports space, bringing as many athletes. I mean, interviewed champion Dolce before before he became sort of the double champ um, at EFC, Sylvester, uh, um, um, uh, Elvis. We interviewed so many of the guys. Yeah. Boxers. I mean, DJ Krill arrived at the studio with his world championship belt in this beautiful case. It was like unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean, this man, if you've ever met DJ Krill, yeah. wow. The, mo the nicest, smallest, Nutella-loving chap you'll ever meet in DJ your Krill color. actually fought on a white collar. One of your events. Yeah. And now, many, former many world champion. Ago. Yeah. Hey, unbelievable. Yeah. And he's fighting for a, no, for a number one spot. Eh? Correct. He's got a fight coming. Yeah, I, mean, oh, I heard about that. So, so, so that was my journey. And then off the back of that, I brought on a couple of guys, as subject matter experts, talking about football. And uh, one of the guys I met, um, um, Malurama Shaba, he was, he was my soccer subject matter expert. Uh, very, very sort of well-heeled well in, in, in football and what's going on in the background of football. And um, he was doing a TV show at uh, the Love World Sat Network. Mm. And he said, dude, you brought me on to your show. Let me bring you on to my show and we can talk a little bit about what you do because you seem to know a lot about football as well and you can add to my show. And three shows later, the producer there was like, why don't we put together a combat sports show? Beautiful. And between my first sort of appearance on the 90-minute soccer show on, on Love World Sat and July of last year, Mm. We slapped together a logo, we slapped together an opening montage, we slapped together a little teaser, and in July, first, in my understanding, comprehensive combat sports show was launched out of South Africa that spoke everything fight sports, not just either boxing or not just MMA. And that's how I got onto TV. So you're still currently on TV? Yes. On, yes. on, on, but not on because you. I know you were last year. It was a different show. Yeah. So the show. How did that? What happened there? So the show that we launched there. So I was literally. It was. It was within that three months. It was a case of, is there lots of content? Is there enough stuff we can talk about? And anyone that knows what's happening in the combat sports space would know the answer to that would be hell yeah. Yeah, there's lots. Absolutely. So um, between that, it was a case of. Finalize a set, finalize a logo, finalize a positioning, uh, finalize a whole bunch of guests. And I did all of that. We did all of that ourselves. And we slapped all of that together, literally finalizing our set within two days. Of the we were literally told, yeah. if you don't have a set, the show doesn't go live on Monday. Jeez. Okay. okay. And literally that Friday afternoon, we got a hold of, of, of a, a furniture business. 
they said, come, come catch us on Saturday and we'll deliver it on Monday. The shit was delivered Monday, 4 o'clock, and the show went live at 8.30. Sure. That's how tight it was to yeah. get the show going. And that so was called the, the Punchy Kicky Show. The punchy Kicky Show. Yeah. Okay. So I remember the whole, that from last the, the year. The whole concept was it was like, what am I going to call this? What am I going to call this? Because it's not just boxing. So it's not just the punchy side. It's not just sort of the kickboxing side. It's not just MMA. It's not just we want to bring karate. We want to bring judo. We want to bring. So what one term on social media checking what mm. and this hashtag popped up? Hashtag Punchy Kicky. And it was like, Fuck, that works. That fucking covers everything yeah. to do with, 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 with fight sports. Yeah. And so chatted to a mate, this is the name, can you build a logo? And literally within days, we'd slap this logo together. So big shout out there to Wes. Thanks so much for that logo. It's still living today and it's going to carry on. The Punchy Kicky Show will continue. And we ran 14 episodes of the Punchy Kicky Show. Oh. And according to the producer, my, my current producer, is like, it's the only show on the network that literally from the start to the finish had a guest every single show. Wow. I was like blown away. Like I was able to put together guests every single damn show. Showed you there's content. There is a shit. Lo- and correct. And for them, it was like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And the kind of feedback I had from the crew and the team there was like, great show. Love it. Love that. And every champion that arrived with a belt, yeah. <laughs> many of the camera guys are like, I'll beat him. <laughs> <laughs> So the yeah. kind of vibe that it created internally at the network was was, was, was super. Yeah. And then um, uh, August, September, it was a case of, guys, we need to change the name of the show. Oh. Uh, there was a view within the network that Punchy Kiki, the name was a little bit too kiddie-like. Yeah, so, yeah, so it was like uh, we had the debate, we had the discussion, and we thought, okay, cool, let's change the name of the show. Bashed it around a little bit, um, waited for the new year to start, and uh, over that period, also spent a lot of time investigating new content because as much as, 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 as people being punched in the face and kicked in the face is awesome shit to watch. It's, it's, I needed to diversify the kind of content that I wanted to bring because fight sports is not just about people being punched in the face and kicked in the face. Mm. Okay. There's another component to fight sports and uh, spent a lot of time investigating this whole space around e-gaming. And particularly the fight games in e-gaming. And if we just look at the research coming out of of Rage last year, which I spent every single day talking to the guys there, particularly around the fight game, uh, the FGC, the uh, fighting game community, is that behind, in the South African context, behind FIFA and Call of Duty, you've got the likes of Tekken Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat being played 33% 33% of the time by South African gamers. Fucking hell. Yeah. I don't know the last I've seen those games. Yeah. And then big research coming out of the likes of McKinsey's is, is, is showing that the, the, the research that they've done is that the e-gaming fan is very much a, 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 a fight. Or, 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 uh, the fan of the sport in e-gaming is also the fan of the sport in real life. So your FIFA e-gamer mm. is very much a soccer player. I mean, thankfully, the fan of, of, of Call of Duty is not a fan of sort of going war. to the Iraq war and running around with guns and Thank shooting that shit. Thank fuck for that. There's a couple out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the States particularly, they're going to yeah. schools and think that they're, yeah. they're doing their shit there, which is wholly bad. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's so quite, the, quite so clear. The, the, well, the, the esports is massive. I mean, it's, it's one of the biggest watched sport events around the world. 
the last, I know that the figures were ridiculous. The, I heard figures from the last final. Uh, the audience was millions. And Correct. I mean, one of my previous podcast guests, um, Lou, a tattoo artist, is actually a, a game caster, yeah. which is a, a commentator for yeah. esports. Yeah. And he was telling me some of the figures, and I was like, fuck me. Yeah, it's huge. It's massive. Well, here's another figure for you. Go back to the 2008 recession. Mm. And from there, moving forward, one of the only industries that has had consistent growth mm. when everyone else has been falling has been e-gaming. Interesting. Or the gaming fraternity. Yeah, the fraternity. Yeah. And I mean, South Africa's what, like 2%? Well, look, you know, when, when, I, small. when I play FIFA, I get a bit of a crowd as well. So, is it? Yeah, I know. It's is that the ones that FIFA sort of put on the screen for you? No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm quite good, actually. <laughs> I'm, uh, I like to think of myself as the, the best there was, the best there is, the best there ever will be. Oh, okay. So you're like a Messi. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm better than Messi. Is it? Yeah. What, what, do you actually think he should have won that award? Not a fuck. I don't know if he wins. Uh, look, I, I, I The greatest player ever to play for the same team since he was born. Well, see, that's my argument. My argument is... I, I acknowledge what he's done, and I acknowledge it, and I and I and I think it's, and I applaud it. I think it's fantastic. But where's the challenge? Correct. That's, and, that's and, my whole argument. And how do you reward that non-challenge? It's it's there's no diversity in that. Um, yeah, I, that's another. Um, yeah, that's, that's a quote. But, but yeah, so if you uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, we, Messi just won the. It's, what's it? The no, he didn't win it. He's sharing it. Oh, with, with uh, Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. Okay, but he won it. Laureus Sportsman. The Laureus Sportsman of the Year. He just won it, for, and it's for the year. So for last year. Yeah. What the fuck did he do last year? Well, remember he won uh, the Ballon d'Or last year. So. But, but why did he win that last year? Well, he year? shouldn't have won that either. So my, that's my, my. So this is the question I'm going yeah. with, and it's not. I don't, I'm not a Messi hater, and I don't think that there's many others out there better than him. They wanted two that I thought had a better season in him yes, across the board. Correct. But when you start talking about sports star of the year and you're gonna put Lewis Hamilton there and you're gonna put Messi to share it, if I was Hamilton, I'll be fucked off. Absolutely. Because I just don't get that. Give it to Hamilton. Get it alone. What do you have to fucking share with Messi for? I don't get I, I, yeah. anyway, as I say, this is a conversation. We can we fight can, about that because this is a fighting podcast for a while. True. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Anyway, we digressing. So, but yeah. so, what's the name of the new show? So the new show is called Fight Sports Uncovered. So I couldn't get to the damn name. Okay, and uh, Fight, Fight Sports, Sports spelled differently. It's not F I G H T. Fight. F I T E. Fight Sport. Because the whole concept is that I want to bring other fight components yeah. in, and and um, we started that already. So we're we're what is that? Six shows into the new season. Six shows already. Yeah, yeah. Remember, we 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 brought we broadcast twice a week. Every oh. Thursday and every and oh, every Monday. Okay, the Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so you're on tonight. So tonight is the sixth. Sixth show is on tonight. Tonight, okay. Okay, so tonight we are, uh, if you want to get on Love World Set tonight, we're talking build up to the big so fight question, this weekend. How do we get onto Love World Set? So how does a normal person watch it? And I say a normal person, a person that doesn't have Love World Set. Unfortunately, you need a DSTV decoder. Okay, so you have to have a DSD yes, to watch yes, Love Alter. Yes, yes. And then there's a process you And then there's through. this community settings tweak that you got to make. Jump onto Google. Google. And Google will give you all So if I don't have DSTV... You cannot watch it. Is, you can stream it on, on the app? app. Yes, oh, they do app. have an app. They've got a Love World Set app. And you can it's watch, called oh, okay. Live App. So Live the, app. The, the big thing about Love World Set for most of the, the listeners out there is that Love World Set was originally created as a, as a faith-based platform. 
um, for the Christ Embassy Church. Yeah, we couldn't swear. No, we're not allowed to swear. Yeah. Well, you guys did well yeah. in well, dropping I, two bombs. I said shit. <laughs> and Iga dropped the and, fuck word. And Iga said fuck. Yeah. Because we were talking about... The baddest well, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, so he mentioned the name of the title. <laughs> and, and as he said it, I was like... Because I said shit, and I thought, oh, that was bad. Maybe I shouldn't have said shit. Maybe I could get away with it. And then he went fuck, and I was like, we're in trouble. Yeah. And, and especially when you saw <laughs> producer Karani. Karani, oh, guys. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you should have heard what was going on in my ear. Oh, it was it then? The minute that F-bomb dropped, like, whoa! <laughs> and then it carried on. Mark, Mark, did you not? And I'm, you know, yeah, I, don't yeah, you, I'm, I don't know if I'm on air, so I can't do too many sort of, yeah, you know. You can't show it too much. Can't, yeah. But, um, yeah, okay, so, so, so you leveled six, set. Six show tonight, yeah. Okay, and, and, and they're all from the studios? Or do uh, you, no, no, no. Uh, so you, the Monday show is an hour-long show. Yeah. And that's our live show, live from the studio, where we literally break down everything that took place over the course of the weekend. Mm. And then the Thursday night show um, is a pre-recorded show. Okay, okay? so you really shot tonight's so show. So we shot it yesterday. Okay. And the whole idea around that show is, is that it, in terms of doing my bit to grow combat sports, yeah. we are going to as many gyms as we possibly can and shooting the show out, off on location, if I can say, out of studio, right. on location. So we chat to the gym owner, we talk about what goes down in the gym, give them a little bit of a punt. So when you uh, come to the top box? Yeah, hold on, the th hold on a second. I'm looking for a gym for the 4th of March. Well, I think Lyle Karam will be here. No, no, like Karim's really on a, on a Monday night on a show. Monday night, but I'm saying he'll be here in that time. Yeah, that's fine. So it'll be nice to have him in the gym as well. There we go. Just before he beats... Timber Karimba. Timber Karimba for the <laughs> title. <laughs> so, yeah, so the idea every Thursday is to get out to a gym, showcase what they're talking about, and literally we've got Muay Thai gyms coming, we've got boxing gyms, oh, and obviously Top Box coming up, mm. um, and we've had MMA gyms. So it's to try and get and expose... To the viewers, what's as much what's happening out I there. I think it's beautiful. I think it's a lovely idea. Because you know what I see on a lot of fight forums? A lot of guys out there that sort of rate themselves highly. Hey, yeah, and I, I want to be EFC. I want to fight EFC. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you can't. You you need to be an amateur. You need to no. first know how to throw a jab. Okay. Okay, here's the question then. Talking about that. <laughs> you know what I'm going to ask you? Yeah, yeah. Dalton. <sighs> Just explain that to me. So for those who don't know, James Dalton yes. is now, I, I don't know how this came about, but he's now suddenly wants to fight in an EFC. EFC. And, yeah. and, and for some reason, EFC is entertaining this. Yeah. Obviously, they need the numbers, they need the publicity, I understand it. But can he do it? Is he allowed to? Is it going to be an exhibition? How are they going to put this thing through? Listen, so... Has he done time in a cage? My first take on this... Is is that this is the South African version of the baddest motherfucker? Okay. James Dalton's not the baddest motherfucker, though. No, no, no. You know, if we were going down that road, no. we would surely want to put Mikey. Well, the, the <laughs> fuck, put Mikey against James Dalton. There's a fight. There's a BMF belt. Because everyone, I saw there's a poll like, who would you like to see against? And they're putting like ex-professionals. Gordon Rittman against. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it, you, it's like all you. I mean. I, I don't particularly like James Dalton, but I don't really particularly know him. Yeah. So again, it's only what I've heard about him. Yeah. But I'm I'm sure that that you don't want it to hurt a guy, because you can hurt somebody. This is not a fuck. You don't play combat MMA. sports. No, you don't play MMA. You, uh, 
you know, the, you play soccer and rugby and that, the shit that he's done, but you don't play this game and yeah. you can get hurt. People die in what we do. Yeah. So um, just coming back to your, your question, how does he get it right? Yeah. Oh, wow. So the process, yeah. the process as I understand it, yes. and have I think you should get James on your show. I'd love to get James on my show. We've got to talk to James about why the fuck he's doing this shit. Get him on your show. Okay. He'd love to. He loves yeah. to talk about himself. Yeah, that's absolutely. So let's do that. Let's yeah. do that. I'm making a note right now. So, so I'll fight fucking James. In an MMA cage? Yeah. Oh, fuck that. What about at your white... What? No, dude. I've got an idea. We're going to plan Hang this. Hang on a second. I haven't done MMA. Neither has James. Okay. You don't know what he's been doing in the background. He's a fuck. Playing rugby. <laughs> I'll fight James in the cage. All right. We're going to put that on. I've got to put that on, in fact. Notice. I'll spend the time. Notice I'll spend the time learning a little bit of what else I need to learn, like James is going to have to do. And even if he's been but doing But you've already started down the road of yeah, white belt. I, even if he's done two years of it, he's not that fucking bright anyway. So I'll, I'll, Whoa. I'll, I'll catch up Let's quickly. go. I've got two okay. weeks. So, I'm so, joking. So I'm the, joking. So the, quick joking. Thing, the quick thing here is, is that my no. understanding of this process yes. is, is that he would need to go through pro-grading. Okay, so he has to because he, he has need to get a professional license. Yeah. Well, same as what Connor had to do with boxing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, okay. And then who do you put him against? But, but, this is where I think the whole thing fucking falls down. Yeah. Okay, in that MMA South Africa's regulation regarding pro licensing. Yes. At the time, and it just seems to fluctuate depending on which direction the wind's blowing yeah, from. We know that is, is that we need to have you need to have fifteen amateur fights it's of which ten are a win. Okay. That's a stupid rule. Eh? No, absolutely, it's a stupid rule. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my okay. entire life. But but in a way, I agree with it. From, and and from this perspective only. Okay, okay. let me hear your perspective. Right. Is is that we have had an influx, or let's call it an outflux of young amateur talent moving out of the amateur ranks because they just can't get fights once they win titles. So what then happens is you get mismatches, like it happened at a ton of, 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 of amateur events, no. where you get champions of that particular promotion yeah. with records of 7-2, and etc., etc., et yeah. fighting a guy that's fought 1-1, one 2-1. and, one, two and one. Now... Dude, at amateur level, you know someone's going to get hurt. Or not get hurt, but you know that that's not even a matchup. That fight's over quickly. Hmm. So why are you then asking people to pay money to watch that shit? Because that's shit. That's bad matchmaking. Yeah. And the fact that MMASA is fucking allowing that cuck is, is unbelievable. Okay, but then but that's the reason why they're doing it is to get the guy his fights. I'm hoping that that's the reason. And that's why I would support a rule like that. Because now you're forcing. But what also is great about it is that if you've got an amateur that has now hit that Let's call it that that, that ceiling of yes. popping it. Now you're forcing that guy to start preparing himself to represent South Africa at world championships. If you want to go that route. But that's not everyone's journey. Though, sure, though. but the thing is, if you want to become a professional fighter, surely you want to be you, you want your skills to be tested against the best before you go professional. If that's so That's not everyone's journey. It's not everyone's journey though. I don't believe it's everyone's journey, and I don't think that any Rules should be so hard and fast that there's a criteria that's so long in its process to allow you to go down your journey. Okay, but then as a fighter, you, how do you know then that a guy that you're just about to give a professional license to can actually handle himself in that ring? Because that I, if, if I'm the official giving that license, I should know what I'm doing. 
So you, there's got to be a point of where I'm a, you've got to trust somebody to make that judgment call. And if the person can't be trusted to make the judgment call, then why is he in that position? So everything's got to be looked at on merit. 100%. I'm not saying that you can't you have a certain criteria, like, but 15 and 10 and these fucking numbers, you know how hard it is to get fights because there, there isn't enough fights. There isn't enough tournaments. How do you get that? How many years do you have to spend doing that? In professional boxing, it would be even worse. Okay, so the number of points you're raising. So one is 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 question back to you in answer to answer one of them. Yeah. Do you trust the current guys that are doing both MMA and and boxing licensing to be able to make that call? Yes um, or no? So simple. Yes or no? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And uh, my answer would probably be no. Okay. Because, so, but the reason, closed. but the reason is that's me. Yeah. That's me. Okay. And I you're a cynical fuck, so we understand. And I also think I can do better than most people. Okay. So I would think that they can't do it right because I've seen where they've got it wrong. I'm not saying that there isn't anybody that can, or there isn't anybody that that could do the job. There must be somebody. But the current guys, you don't have much well, faith. I don't really know who the guys. Look, I must be honest. The current guys that just licensed all the pro boxes. I don't know. I only know two or three of the guys that, that were involved there. And um, it looked like it was quite a rigid process and quite strict. I haven't seen the new licensees perform yet. We'll probably see them in the next month or two start having fights. So then I can judge it. But in the past, not a fuck. Okay. And in, in the MMA, um, I, don't, I don't really know who's involved in, in that licensing base. I don't know the names involved there. But again, it goes down to the point of that everyone needs to be done on merit. I don't believe you've got to set up a criteria. Say you have to have an amateur background, okay? But what happens if I never had an amateur boxing background in MMA, but I was a professional boxer? What happens if I was a professional kickboxer, but I never had an MMA background, and now I go to MMA? You want me to spend time in an amateur MMA cage as a professional K1 fighter? I must now go in a cage with another amateur as a normal record? 100%. I'll fucking hurt that guy. And that's, and that's where this becomes a very, very gray so area. So therefore, it shouldn't be a gray area. It should be left to the discretion of the official who's been put in charge to make those decisions. And if you can't make them correctly, then replace him. Simple as that. Because that's, that's your job. Your job is to recognize talent. You know, I'm going to sit and fucking judge your fight and say whether you won or lost. I should be able to know if you can fight or not. Correct. So why do I need a grueling, ridiculous platform to get to that point of where I can get a license? I can just fight in front of you on a sparring game. That's what they do in professional boxing. Now you go and spar yes. in front of a panel. They look at you, what you do in the ring. You, if they're unhappy, they put another guy in with you for a little one or two rounds and they watch you. And they say, okay, fine, you license or don't license. Why is MMA different? Yeah. Why not put the guy in the cage with somebody and see what he does? You know, again... That's for me. I well, say that is part, to, that is part of their process. So obviously, but you still have to have that no, ridiculous. There is, there is still a requirement. There is still a requirement to have some form of amateur experience. But where the grey area comes, I understand that for the, maybe the rule set and all that kind of thing. Correct. Happy for that. But to go ten and fifteen and all those stupid yeah. numbers and the current basis of the fact that we have maybe if we're lucky ten shows a year. No, no, no. So that's where I'm going to disagree with you. So back then. When that 10-15 rule, I think there was 2016, 2017, they made that rule. Um, and then, you know, after making that a hard and fast rule, it was then just seen as a guideline. 
So we were even flip-flopping oh, so between... So that's Yeah, we were even flip-flopping between what the actual rule was and how they yeah. were going to you know, enforce it, etc. Yeah. But since that day, those days, yeah. you really only had two promotions in yeah. Gauteng. Yes. I think one in... Fight in, Star. In Fight Stars, you had GFC. Um, you had MFC, yeah, yeah, KFN. But they put on maybe two, three shows a, a year. Okay, so there are, there, are, there are a couple of shows. Now... Let's fast forward 2020. Yeah. What do we got now? Okay. How we many have shows? got in Gauteng alone, you've got four MMA promotions. Amateur. Amateur promotions. Okay. That's a lot more okay. than we had. Which essentially, if they were all granted an opportunity to put on a show every every month, mm. you would literally have an MMA event every weekend of the month. Well, that's good. Which is great. It's good but it doesn't sport. happen like that. We've got, I think maybe two or three of those promotions that are able to put together something more or less once a month, which is mm. a far cry from where we were two, three years ago, which, yeah. is, which is progression. That's good. MFC, bit of problems happening at MFC now with what has uh, been transpiring on social media regarding uh, Larry Foster. Um, no idea what you're talking about. Well, there was posts going out about Larry Foster potentially being involved with dodgy dealings with young ladies. Oh, Go, Larry. And what I'm hearing... How by young the, are the ladies? Why, uh, what are they saying? What is the allegation? Some woman alleged on Facebook that he'd... Uh, Under 16. I don't know if it was age, uh, age inappropriate, but um, that he'd been doing the wrong shit with her. Oh. And uh, I'm led to believe he's now been suspended. MFC is, I think, also suspended from a promotion because he was essentially MFC. Naughty Larry. Uh, yeah, so... Well, I think, he's, I think he's entitled to a hearing or... A, Absolutely. Uh, so until we know what happens there, I hope you've and been we're good not I'm not, We're not pronouncing on... on, on, on what about his sons? He's got fucking sons. Why don't they take over MFC? I don't know. So I don't know. I no. don't know what's happening with the MFC. I don't know if it's okay. carrying on. But, but the point is, there are a number of... Guys doing work out there. Promotions now. out there. You've got PFC down in the, down in the Cape, uh, which is now starting to take a promo, uh, uh, professional as well. Okay. Which is great for Neville uh, Adnell and his team down there, which is fantastic. Yes. Um, so there's a lot. There's a lot of growth. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. What's the What's the goal for? And I, I, I'll, I'll double this up. What's the goal for Fight Sports Companion, or what's it, Uncovered? Sorry, Fight yeah. Sports Uncovered. Yeah. And what's the goal for Mark Jabeur? Goal for the goal for 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 fight sports. They're not the same. No, 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 no okay. they're not the same. So the goal for fight sports uncovered is essentially to become. I like the companion thing. I just came up with fight it. sports companion. But no, okay, forget about it. Go back. Has to she it. got a big set of lungs too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is is essentially to become the go-to show, the go-to voice of combat sports on the African continent. Okay, now, we're stuck on LoveSat. Yeah. Are you going to be sharing that content anywhere else so people can get it delayed? Because I know you're live on a Monday, you're pre-recorded on Thursday. Is there any other way for people to get that content other than on LoveSat right now? So, the answer to that is right now? No. As of we're sitting yes. right here, no. Okay, because okay. The, so if that's the fight sports con uncovered idea to be that it's got to have more platforms Correct. so you've got to get the youtube you've got to get the Correct. instagram you've got to get that shit happening so first of all let's just unpack the love world set coverage 
On Africa alone, it's in excess of 250 million people off the back of the DSTV and NALSAT. Um, 200 what? 50 million people. Fuck me. It's a lot of people. LoveWorldSat recently, as of late last year, went yeah. live with DirecTV in the States and earlier this year, DirecTV in India. Wow. They also have a presence in, in, in Europe and I think on the Australasian subcontinent, if we can call it that, the and island. Well, that's fantastic. It's called the Archipelago. The Archipelago. Whatever. Um, but they've got a massive following. The problem is, is that it's very much linked to satellite TV. Hmm. So the medium term on this is that all of those shows hmm. will be broadcast on the Ruckus Media or showcased on the Ruckus Media website. The sort of medium to long term plan, and we had conversations yesterday, is about live streaming the show mm. going forward, every single show. I think that'd be brilliant. Okay. Because I know you've been bitching and moaning about getting your show, and you'll get it. I promise you. Just give me some. Not from time. fucking last year, Apex. We did it at Apex Gym. Yes. How many of you have seen that one? No, that show, I think, is actually. Is it not on? No, it's not anywhere. Okay, apologies. I'll get that no, on. Okay. Oh, uh, I've been bad, bad <laughs> boy. Um, and then, and then the long-term view around the Fight Sports Uncovered show mm. is to actually start showcasing live amateur events. Beautiful. And I'm talking across the spectrum. Yeah. I'm talking boxing. I'm talking Muay Thai. Even Kendo. Wow. Kendo. We were chatting to the guys from Kendo. What's that guy that was so good at Kendo? That Jeff, Jeff Speckham. Did he, did he, I'm sure his name's Jeff Speckham. Did he have a bamboo stick? Yeah. I think it was, that's oh, Ken, that was Kim Po. Kim Po is very Kim different is to Kim Po. That's Jeff Speckham. I just saw your hands I go. I remember that movie. That just, movie he did was called The Per... I can't yeah. remember. Je it was fucking... No, I, that no, thing I loved. Kendo is the, 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 the art of guy. the samurai. Oh, okay. So All that's right. taken the art of the samurai down to a samurai... Sort of to, 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 to a to, bamboo sword. Okay. Because obviously you can't put a real sort of katana in someone's hands. Kill somebody. Because the guy who wins doesn't fight again. Yes, or loses. Oh, sorry, loses, doesn't <laughs> fight again. The winner's the only one that progresses. Winner in, goes on. In life. Loser in, goes nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So, so, Kendo's coming. You know, we, we, you know, we've been That'd trying be to... That'd be interesting to watch. We've been trying to talk to the guys from, from karate and judo, South Africa. Good luck. Fuck! You thought, you thought these sports, you thought boxing and MMA was bad. Oh, these guys. Close shop, eh? Uh-uh. Close shop. No, listen, it's like, it's like you can't talk to us. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Absolutely you, ridiculous. you would think that they actually don't want anyone to come or know about their sport. Okay, so that's Fight Sports Uncovered. Yeah. What's Mark Jabez's goals for the... Listen, for I'm, now, for I'm, now. I'm, I'm, I'm a sports, I'm sports mole. Uh, so for me, I, I'm trying to just absorb as much and, and get as much exposure in terms of the global sports space as possible. Spending time at cricket, spending time, you know, as much place as possible. But for me... I want to get as much exposure through all the platforms, everything that I've been doing mm. for combat sports and now this new passion, found passion that I have. It's always been a passion of mine. Uh, it's been one of those silent, under the cover, under the radar sort of passions, mm. but for esports. Okay. And, and, and one of the big things, it's, it's something that, that not many know, but in the background, I've been... Uh, sort of assisting one of the, the up-and-coming um, amateur tournaments in, in, in doing some very, very new stuff. 
That sounds exciting. Very new stuff. And um, we've got an event coming up soon. I'm not going to give much more detail. We'll have to get you back on to tell okay. us about that. Absolutely. Um, and if that goes according to plan, hmm. and we've been planning this, and literally it's been almost six months, five months in oh, wow. planning. Okay. Um, and if that happens like we're planning it to happen, yeah. there's nine more events coming. Oh, wow. And, uh, dude, it's, 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 it's going to literally make people go, what the, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, that's we, good. We need so, that. Absolutely. We do. We, yeah. we just do need to diversify. I mean, there's, there's lots happening in this space. And uh, just in talking to the guys from Muay Thai, from Taekwondo, yeah. from boxing, I mean, a lot of the stuff that you're doing in the background, and I don't know, people, I'm not going to divulge, but you're doing some fucking unique shit in the background. Trying to. Yeah. Um, I'm still waiting for that other federation to be started. Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe with this new thing. Okay. Give me, it'll give me some more. But there's lots of ideas around what, yeah. what, what can be done in the combat sports yeah. space. And I think, I think instead of us sitting around talking about it, we need to make it happen. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, so, good. So, so March, I think it'd be a good time to come back and talk about did it happen? Yes. How bad, how good was it? And all that kind of shit. Uh, maybe even let's delay it maybe into April. We talk about it because April, there won't be an event. Yeah. Um, simply because of what's happening in the bigger scheme of things. Right. Um, but then we can literally talk about Closer to what two events that have happened by then and then really sort of lift the lid on, 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 what on you do. what's coming up. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the question now, um, well, what I want to wrap up now in terms of where the conversation we've had today, is one of the things we spoke about off mic before we got into the podcast was the frustration of trying to get people to come on the show, you said you've had a sh you had you were very lucky last year, but again, there definitely seems to be a case of you trying to give exposure to 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 the fighters, to the fighters, to the sports, and yet it's like pulling teeth sometimes with some of these people. And you mentioned that frustration. I've had that frustration. This is the second show. Last year, I put out a message to every, all all the South African champions, and I said, I've got a boxing show which is on the Mark podcast, come and talk about yourself. Let's profile you. Not one has even messaged me back. And I, you spoke about the same frustration dealing with other champions in other sports. So we, obviously, collectively, I think the plea goes out to everybody listening to the show, is that if you want to come onto the show, even if you're not a champion, and you've got something to say, and something worthwhile to hear, get hold of us. Whether it be Castles Council, or Fight Sports Uncovered. Uncovered yeah. Come talk to us. Give us a shit. I'm going to pop. I'm going to post your your links to Ruckus Media. Up. I'm going to post all that up onto this podcast. Um, so there's ways to get hold of you, um, so that people can reach out and go, "Hey, I'd love to be." And if you if you got a fucking belt, whatever belt it is, and you want to talk about it, it'll show somebody on TV what you got. Give Mark a shout. He'd love to have a chat to you. Absolutely. Not even that. If you got a gym and you want to get some exposure, guys, every Thursday people we're should be knocking on your gyms. door. You should be saying. I'm too busy. I'll have to schedule you in five months' time. That's what you should be saying, but you fucking not right now. I'm not. Literally. And that's disgusting. Literally, you know, I'm just looking now. I have a vacancy for the 4th of March. And Crazy. literally, the whole of April. Yeah. You know, I haven't even, got, even looked at it. I haven't got <laughs> to April yet. Crazy. You know, it's just, it, there's so many, so many opportunities for little on me. And, and like you yeah. said at the beginning, who the fuck is Mark Jubet? Yeah. yeah, who the fuck am I? Yeah. You know, I haven't fought in a cage. I haven't beaten anybody. But you want to help. Okay, but dude, when you've got somebody that 
has got even 10 people listening to them. Yeah. Okay? Even if it is to listen if they're going to fuck up. Yeah. If they're going to talk shit. If they're going to get their facts wrong. Because yeah. I know there's lots of guys out there that are literally doing that on yes. a daily basis. Um, that's 10 more people than you and your gym didn't have listening to what you and your gym has to say about what it offers. Exactly. And, and, and that's where I'm, my frustration about athletes and gym owners and managers and stuff is, is that their heads are so far up their own asses that they forget. <laughs> to that breathe. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. there's other platforms out there that can actually give them exposure and, 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 and even give them an opportunity to raise their concerns yeah. and for them to vent. Have a voice. You're good. Mark's yeah. giving you a voice. Absolutely. Hey, you're giving people a voice. I'm giving them a face. Beautiful. Some faces should be on TV. Something. <laughs> okay, last two things, Mark. Uh, big weekend coming up. Tyson Fury, the end of I'm not going to go into how I want. Winner and how. Winner and how. Tyson Fury, the end of Your call. Wilder, 10th round. Knockout. Stoppage. Okay, there you go. You heard it from Mark. Um, I won't say what mine is. But, uh, okay. no, 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 no. Say it. You're not asking me and not saying I it. say Fury knockout. Before eight. Before eight. Mm. Okay. Big one. That's a big one. That's a big one. Um, and then the last one to you is your favorite boxer currently and your favorite MMA fighter currently. My favorite boxer currently is a man that hardly any boxing fan knows about. Name? Waning Menayotin. Waning Menayotin. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll look him up. I don't know. Well, you, he is... He has the greatest boxing record in all of boxing. Current? Current boxing record huh? in all of boxing. Well, what is it? 54 and 0. One in? Minayotin. WBC yeah. minimum weight champion. Oh, really? Oh, I heard of him, actually. I'll go check it out. I'll Defends his title April again, I think. It hasn't been finalized the date, but April this year. Yeah. 55 and 0 if he comes away victorious. You're a boxing aficionado. Yeah. How many boxers in the history of the sport have gone 55 and 0? No, there's no one. Any Mayweather just broke 50. Rocky Marciano. People are bullshit talking about Mayweather's 50, 50, yeah. 50, 50. Here you got a kid 54 and 0 and no one's saying a word about him. <laughs> Crazy. Okay, but it's not Mayweather, that's why. It's, it's not, not Mayweather. He's not, you're not a shit talker. Yeah, that's the thing. Again, heel and babyface. He's babyface. Okay, MMA? MMA fighter, greatest MMA fighter at the moment. Your, your. Not my, who is no, the greatest. My, I'm not asking who the greatest is because we can debate that. Who's your favorite fighter at the moment? Who do you enjoy watching? Favorite him? fighter that I like at the moment. Unfortunately, um, sure, there's lots. But the guy I really enjoy watching fight at the moment is, is, is um, uh, he's currently suffering with a bit of a, I think it's a blood infection. Mm. Uh, he fights on the one championship roster, uh, a fighter by the name of uh, um, uh, Lohan Tananis. He hasn't got coronavirus. No, 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 he hasn't got coronavirus. <laughs> but talking about coronavirus, talking one championship, you know that they've just closed their one championship event in Singapore. It's a closed event. Not a single fan's going to be allowed and they're going to stream it, but no one's allowed wow. to come to that event. When is that? This weekend? 28th. Fucking hell. They've closed that event. But yeah, uh, uh, Lohan Tynanis, uh, Dutch Lohan guy. Uh, okay. If you go and you go look at his last fight. I will check it out. Fucking what a beast. What a monster. 
he doesn't fight as often anymore. He's publicly gone out. He's, fight, he's suffering with a bit of a, um, I think it's a blood infection um, that's forced him to, f I think, essentially fight for his life as opposed to... Fight in the ring or in the cage. Fight in the, fight in the cage. But oh. why, I mean, for me, probably one of the most amazing fighters um, and most amazing prospects to come out of, 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 out of one championship and out of fighting per se. All right, we'll check him out. I'll have a look at it. If you haven't heard these guys, go and look him up yourself and see if Mark is right. Well, if Mark's a, what your what I would say your your taste because you enjoy them. So yeah. your taste is similar to somebody yeah. else's palate. Correct. Mark, thanks for coming in. Thank you for the invite. How long have we been here? Oof, we, well, are we over an hour and a half? Gee, we've spoken and there's probably could have, we probably could have kept this going. Absolutely. Without a doubt. We've got lots to talk about. We will get you back in to talk about what you are working on behind Thank the you. scenes. Thank you. Um, thanks for coming out and talking to me uh, on Castle's Council. It really, uh, it's, been, it's been interesting. It's been a good debate. Thanks for putting and, me in the spotlight. Uh, thanks for telling me a little bit about who you are as opposed to, it's always the other way around. You're always asking everybody who they are. So it's <laughs> nice to get to know who the, who, thank the, who you. the man is behind, the, behind the, the media side of it. Thank you. So thank you very much. Yes, guys, that's the show for today. And uh, remember, it's, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. I'm Stephen Castle, and I don't give a fuck.